here we go. And welcome to the actual episode 395 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... You're not going to lose me. You've given me a taste of life. I want to be happy. Sleep in a bed. Have roots. And you'll never be alone again, Mathilda. Please... Go now, baby, go. Calm down. I'll meet you at Tony's in an hour. I love you. Now go. Go now. Okay. It's from the professional. Uh, okay. Matilda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and Nancy were talking about that movie last night. I thought, yeah, you know, I've never used a quote from that. I should use a quote from that. Yeah. It's a I damn fine it. movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I could have swore, and I and one, this is one of the reasons we were talking about. It, I could have swore Natalie Portman won Best Supporting Actress. Ah, she didn't. I looked it up, but I could have swore like that was like a role that she won, like because it's the role that put her on the map. But like, you know, I thought for sure like, did she win for um? Uh, the ballet myth. No, um, yeah, she won Best Actress for for Black Swan. Black Swan, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I I could have swore she won Best Supporting Actress for for the Professional. Yeah, because I thought like you know that was young, but it turned out like the one I was the one I was actually thinking of was uh Anna Paquin. Okay. She she won best supporting for that uh Lolita. Oh, real? Yeah. Didn't she win? Didn't she have two Oscars? I'm going to pack one out, I don't know. Yeah, pack one. I don't mm. think. Who played Rogue? That was in a pack one. Didn't she win for the piano? I'd have to look that up. I don't know. Mm. I swear that was her. Like I, I know she won as a kid, as a child actor. She won for Lolita. Yeah. But um, other than that, like I, I don't think she was ever nominated for anything else, to my knowledge. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. So how are I'm you, like- sir? Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, just a little tired, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, and one was in the piano. I swear she won for that. She might have. I know I won all sorts of awards if I recall correctly. Or at least nominated. What's that? She may have been at least been nominated. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So well, how much fun? Oh, was they're looking at Anna Pack. No, no, I was looking. Natalie Portman won Best Actress for Black Swan, Best Actress for Jack, nominee, and she was nominated for Best Actress for Closer, and she won for Black Swan. 
But Anna Paquin, I swear she won an Oscar for the piano. Yeah. Supporting. I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. But I'm good. I am scheduled to get my uh, COVID vaccine. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Coming up uh, January 2nd. Yeah. So I got to wait a little bit, 10 days or something like that. But whatever. Nervous? Nah. Okay. I'm not. I mean, people are having reactions. If I have a reaction, I'm at, I'm at a hospital anyway. Yeah. So. yeah I, know. I understand that. I just, you know. I think the big one is the people who are, like, having the Bell's palsy reaction. Yeah. You know. How many have had that? Not many. I mean, it's a small percentage, but still, I mean, that's. I'm not saying yeah, it's going to happen to you, but, you know. Like, of all the side yeah, effects, I've heard, like, the people who are having, like, Bell's Palsy, I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know if you had gotten it already or if you were going to be scheduled for it. No, I'm scheduled. I just got yeah. the email two days ago. Yeah. Some people are getting it. I think they're spacing it out. Um, yeah. A little bit. I think reason being just in case. Yeah. You do have symptoms. Or people do have symptoms or unable to work. I think they've spaced it out. Yeah. For, you know, a good bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mine's... I chose to do mine on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, which I'll go in for. Um, but um, I thought that would be best. Yeah. Uh, that way, if I do get, you know, flu-like symptoms or, or something like that, then I'll have a couple of days to recover. Before yeah. I have to go back to work on right, the yeah. Monday. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, because that's one of the side effects too. Yeah. Uh, anaphylaxis is rare, but you know, yeah. um, having flu-like symptoms or COVID-type symptoms with it is you know part of it. It's yeah. just like the vaccine. Some people swear they get the flu from the flu. No, they don't. They're just having a reaction to the actual flu vaccine. Right. Uh, it's not a live virus. You know what I mean? So, right. right. So, well, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I'm going to get it regardless. Right. Yeah. I mean, in your position, yeah. you're, you're going to be required. I feel like I have to. Yeah, I'm not required. They're not making us. Really? Oh, okay. I figured it's it voluntary. would be. No. Uh-uh. It's voluntary. I think it's voluntary because they don't have a lot of vaccine for now. Yeah. Um, but um, it's voluntary. You have a choice on whether you want to take it or not. So. Now, is Lisa in line for it as well? Cause, I mean, well, she doesn't work in your same, in your company. You know, she does also work with, in the health, healthcare field. Right. Um, she, I think, got a letter today. So yeah. I don't know. Exactly what that said. Yeah, I know they're choosing to be vaccinated. Lisa should be up. Her 90 days should be up now. Yeah. Um, so she's probably okay to get the um, vaccine if she chooses to. I sh- I'm pretty sure she will. So. Yeah. But yeah, people have to remember though. I'm going to make the statement. <laughs> they can get the vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't carry the virus. Right. 
Oh, eliminate your symptoms. Right. You know what I mean? But you can still be a carrier, I think. I'm pretty sure of the virus itself. Right. So you can't still pass it on to others. So, and those others being, they're not even going to get vaccinated till probably April or May. Yeah. You know, when the, when the, whenever, you know, when the, um, what am I trying to say? Um, the general public, general population yeah. are up for their vaccines. You can still carry the virus. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's more or less protecting us taking care of people who have the virus. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Um, I know my, my, my company is like in no hurry. Yeah. Like I, I, that, I, I honestly believe they prefer I just stay working from home. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's a situation where they're they're figuring out this has worked for the most part. Like ninety five percent of the people in my call center are not in the mm. call center right now. Right. You know, and they're still like. The call volume is is being handled, so it's like, right. why are why are we paying rent for this giant facility? Over, right, all that overhead. Right, when we can condense the offices like the to a small a smaller facility. Right, have very an area for training and then just send people home. And I think that's I think I'm willing to bet from what I've heard. That that is probably what's going to end up happening. Is they're going to just tell me, yeah, we're not bringing you back. You just stay right, there. right, right. You know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Because the work I do, like, I get there's a lot of people who are working from home where it's actually probably easier to work in an office. But the work I do, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Right. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm intrigued to see how this how this all plays out. I'm not worried about, it, but yeah, no. So anyway, you gotta tell you, what's that? Yeah, that's where I stand. Yeah, I do gotta tell you, I had some amazing fucking pizza last night. Oh, yeah. I ordered from Rockaway Pizza here in White Oak. Rockaway. Yeah. Okay. They now apparently this this is like a, this, some legendary place that existed before, and now they're reopening. Okay. Okay. Because like I, I'm on a Facebook group, you know, about you know the White Oak community, and when this place announced that they were opening, people were going ape shit. Like I can't wait. And like the de- the day that they opened, they opened about two months ago. And the day that they opened, they had to put on Facebook that they had sold out. Like they opened at noon, and by five they were sold out. Really? Yeah. Like okay. they had no more dough. <laughs> wow. Like holy fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. So I, I waited a couple of months. I figure I'll wait. I'll wait till the the excitement dies down a little bit, and then I'll order. And um. We ordered two pizzas and a uh, an order of bacon 
knots with uh, yeah. artichoke sauce. Okay. Okay. Now, I did not try the artichoke sauce. Nancy did. The bacon knots were fantastic. Okay. Like, I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's dough, you know, it's bread, but like the bacon inside of it was magnificent. Okay. Okay. And then like Nancy like fell in love with this artichoke sauce. She's like, I wonder if this is homemade. I'm like, I'm bet it's homemade. You know, I bet that's made in, in the facility. Yeah. But, um, I just had a, uh, a pepperoni and sausage pizza. Uh, uh-huh. it was the, the pepperoni cups. Oh, and then the sausage, it wasn't crumbled. It was uh-huh. sliced. Really? Thin slices of sausage on there. Uh-huh. Oh, it was so fucking good. Was it good? It was. It's, they, they don't have sizes. So you, like, you get an 18 inch pizza. Oh, shit. Yeah, an 18 inch, like, so that, like one, this 18 inch pizza cut into eight slices. And um, that with the two toppings was twenty bucks. Okay. And Nancy got an artichoke pizza. Uh huh. Let me. I got the website here. Let me let me pull this up here. So the the artichoke. This had Mars Capone cream sauce. Mozzarella, bacon, artichoke, and sautéed spinach. Yeah. Well, she said this was to fucking die for. She said it was amazing. Huh. And that was a $20 pizza. And it was, again, 18 inches. Yeah. You know, he's fucking huge. I mean, they've got a number of different, like, specialty pizzas. Uh-huh. But that was the one Nancy kind of locked in. I was like, that sounds delicious. And mm. thin New York crust. Okay. Worth every penny. Real. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. The only problem I had, and I mean, it's a, it's tough to complain about, but they're just so damn busy. And they told me up front, it was, a, it was they told me up front, it was an hour and 45 minute wait at least for the pizza. Holy hell. Yeah. And it was a little over two hours before it got to your house. Well, I actually went and picked it up. Okay. Because I, I hadn't, re, I had to reshovel the front steps. I hadn't done that. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just go pick it up. And even to pick it up, like, and they had, they had some very stringent protocols. Like, um, mm. they texted me 15 minutes before the pizza was ready. Okay. And then they said, you'll receive a second text telling you that your food is ready and you are not to enter the building until you get that second text. Wow. Well, I mean, hey, I respect that, you know. Well, they're trying to stay open, too. Right, exactly. And um, when I walked in there, they, I mean, I walked in there like a little after 8 o'clock at night and they were still banging out food. Yeah, good. Like, you know, these well, guys glad. Yeah, see small businesses survive. Right. You know, what I mean, and, and it's tough opening up someplace, especially like you know, especially a pizza shop in this area, but especially yeah, yeah. this time, you know, in this in this crisis, 
but they were right. just crushing. And I mean, like I said, I mean, it was a little over two hours for my food to be ready. That's good. Yeah. I ordered from, usually we do, you know, when we do order out, we haven't been ordering out a lot, but we yeah. have been ordering, like we usually do um, uh, local. We try to support local, not necessarily yeah. pizza shops, but like businesses of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like we'll do noodles and stuff like that, Thai food, yeah. you know, all that kind of and uh but i had a hankering the other night for um i wanted uh fried flounder okay <laughs> i did yeah um and really the only place i can get fried flounder is red lobster yeah so uh lisa ordered i can't remember what she ordered some kind of shrimp something yeah um, it was a family meal deal or whatever Right. So, anyway, she ordered all this shrimp, um, maybe two family meal deals, and I ordered mine, my fried flounder, which I get. You get uh, um, family size sides, whether mashed potatoes or four bakers or, or whatever. Right. Um, and then you get a vegetable. Yeah. And then uh, your fish, and, and mine was twenty eight bucks, but. I, you know, I, I didn't eat the whole family meal. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, but there was enough pieces of fish there to feed two people. Yeah. You know. And uh, Lisa got hers, two of hers, because uh, uh, Jane came over um, and ate with us. Um, and there was enough meal there um, to feed all of us. Yeah. That's us five plus uh, Jamie six. Yeah. Um, and the bill was like, I don't know, ninety two bucks. Yeah. Which is not bad for Red Lobster. You know no, what I mean? Not for six like, people. No, not not for six right. people to eat. Ah, uh, and there's plenty yeah. of food. Yeah. And there was, I mean, God six. I mean, there was that much food. Yeah. You know, I was. T- we were talking. I was like, "Well, you know, you're not, you're not paying, um, you're not paying for drinks. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fifty, sometimes three dollars a pop. You know what I mean? Just yeah. for for a soda. Yeah. So you multiply that times sixteen, six people. You're looking at you're looking at twenty bucks just in soda. Yeah. And you're more inclined to get an appetizer when you're there. You right. throw on another ten. It's another twenty bucks. Then throw in maybe someone wants a dessert or a couple people want a dessert. Right. Or a, or a side salad. I mean, you can jump up an extra 50 real quick. Oh, yeah. Just going to the restaurant. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it actually saved us money <laughs> by ordering in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then actually oh, yeah. going to a restaurant and eating. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. You know who else hooks it up on the on the uh to-go stuff is Eaton Park. Yeah. They do. I mean oh, yeah. they they have a crushing to-go business. I mean literally. I mean they hook it up. I I, I know having worked at the McKee Sport one. Like that uh-huh. was like in all honesty the backbone of their bit of that of that restaurant's business was the to-go stuff. Yeah, like I mean, you did you did good sales and and people coming in and sitting down. I mean, don't get me wrong, but 
I mean, that phone was ringing constantly for to-go orders. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that was, I mean, 20 years ago. Well, they put a drive through in down there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten breakfast there a couple times. Yeah, I've ordered breakfast and brought it back to the house, you know. Yeah, it's because I don't know why I was out that early. I can't remember. Huh? I don't know. I don't remember. But I was out early. It was like I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning. You know. Yeah. I was like, I'll oh, just bring breakfast home for everybody. You know. Yeah. It wasn't crazy. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, just pancakes and eggs and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, do I miss going to a restaurant and sitting down? Sometimes, but not really that much. I think I miss movies more than anything else. Well, yeah. It's the only thing cramp in my lifestyle is not being able to go to a movie. Well, it, it was like... Like me and Nancy were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and it's like, you know, the day would be like, okay, well, let's go see a movie, and after the movie, let's go grab a bite to eat somewhere. You know, and if we're in Monroeville, would like, you know, we'd stop at um the one uh, Tex-Mex place over in Miracle Mile, or you know, mm. Penn's Penn's uh, subs, or you know, I mean, there were a number of places we like to go in the area. Yeah. You know, and it's like one of those things where like I just I'm I miss like that day. Like making a day of yeah. like going to see a movie, grabbing a bite to eat, then coming home to talk to you about it. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like that was like a Saturday for us. For for me at least. You know. Right. So like I I I get your point though, like to a certain extent, like yeah, like going out to eat, like I don't miss it as much. Uh-huh. But because you're you're right, like you're you know when you're there in the restaurant, you're you're more apt to buy apps. You're more at you know, or I'm sure in some people's cases, you know, it's you know, drink two beers. Right. You know? And usually when I go to the lobster, um, I justify that. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna spend seventy five dollars, ninety, a hundred more on food. Yeah, I'm going to have a couple beers to this meal. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So, I mean, like, and those like, beers at, like, a restaurant like that's, like, five bucks. Yeah, I know. You know, you're paying stadium prices at the Lobster, so. Right. No, but, I mean, everything tacks on so wickedly, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the biggest ripoff in the restaurant industry is drinks. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. A soda in a restaurant, I mean. I think the markup is almost 500% or something like that for what what they yeah, charge mean, you for what it costs them. Like, e- even if you get two refills, they're still making like a 500% profit. <laughs> I know. It's not. You know, that's why they're willing to yeah. give you free refills on soda. Right, because they're making so much money yeah. from it. Because it's like 10 cents a glass. Right. And they're and, charging you know, 250 so... Right. I mean, that's that's I'm not saying that's their backbone, but it kind no. of has a part to be do with it because seafood's very expensive. I mean, right. to run a seafood house, period, of course, they're chain. I know that. But that's you never see mom and pop seafood houses. Very rarely. You just don't. Yeah. In the South more in the South more you do. Um, 
Because it's less expensive to run. Especially if you're near, yes, especially if you're near water. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the closer to the coast you get, the more likely these, these mom-and-pop places are to pop up. Like here in Pittsburgh, they right. don't pop up because it costs too much money to get fresh seafood. Right. And, like, I mean, Jesus. I really can't think of – I mean, Woolies has their own restaurant um, in the Strip. Yeah. Um, Jesus, there's that other place we always go to. It's right down from Moy's. Um, huh. Can't remember I mean, the name of it. The, the Oyster House in Station Square. Yeah, the Oyster House is there. And then there's there's another place in the Strip that's been there forever. Yeah. I just cannot remember the name of it. We go there. <laughs> every time Randy comes up here, we go there. Yeah. Um, Because he gets lobster oil. And they sell, you know. I'm yeah. sure they buy from these too. It's right there. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, I mean, that's the thing, though, is like, you know, so someplace like here, you know, the, the closer, the further in, or inland you go, the harder it's going to be to run a, a high quality seafood restaurant. Sure. And it's just so expensive to run. Yeah. I mean, for overhead, especially inland, is just. Yeah. And you talk about food waste. That's something you yeah. don't want to waste. Exactly. And but you want to have fresh fish. Let's, <laughs> fa- let's face facts. You know, nobody wants to eat a Monongahela trout. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, yeah. If I got to ask what river this came out of. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> that, that's that's Monongahela this, fish? No, trout. I'll pass. Is this a mountain trout or a mountain of mud? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to know. Out of the prime rib. <laughs> yeah. Where was he birthed? Yeah. <laughs> the so, yuck, yeah, miss... catfish. What part of the yak? <laughs> so yeah, I missed that. Something. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, so yeah. Didn't really do much. I watched. Uh, I started watching the Expanse again. Yeah. The new series season. Uh, I got two episodes in. Um, watch Discovery. That was pretty good. Yeah. Enjoyed uh, the snow. Oh, yeah, our winter snow. This is the first yeah. snow we've had in, like, fucking four years. <clears throat> to any amount. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a good 12 to 18 inches, depending on where you were at. Yeah, I think we got about nine here in Glassport. Yeah. Maybe ten. Between eight and ten. I, it's hard to tell, but... Yeah. I, I just can tell by one of my parked cars that you know, it's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, trust me, like, I, like, it was like one of those deals where I'm like, you know, you hear, you're hearing about this, like, you know, oh, big major winter storm's coming our way. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, because that, that's... Yeah, it's, not, it's been four years you know, since you, we've had anything. Like, you get one great storm, like, once every 10 years or so. And it's like, so you get, like, like I don't want to see it. It becomes that thing, like, cause especially when you hear, like, well, it's coming up the eastern seaboard. Well, 99% of the time, the Allegheny Mountains cut that shit off from us. So we don't get it, you know. But, um, right, right. you know, and I'm looking outside. I'm like, eh, look, it's snowing. Okay. You know, eh, whatever. A little bit of you know, 
Uh, that, that was like at like noon. And like right. at three o'clock, I looked outside. I'm like, oh, that's significant. <laughs> you know, like, was. It, it was pretty neat this just walking like, in. Yeah, I mean, I had <laughs> I had this fleece on. I went outside for literally not even ten minutes, and I was completely covered in snow. Yeah, I felt like I was up in the mountains. Like I was completely. You could barely see any black on this fleece at all. Yeah. I was completely covered in snow. And I wasn't even out that long. Yeah. It was coming down pretty furiously. But uh, there was a lot of fucking snow. <laughs> I took the girl's sled ride. Wow. Like, it was, I was ama- like, I was amazed because, like, I ended up, like, I had to shovel the walk twice. Yeah. On, what was that, Tuesday. Um, when it hit us, and then I, 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 you know, Nancy came home. She get she got home like she she got out of work at eight thirty. She got home around nine thirty, mm. and she parked in the front. Mm. Like when she got home, she's like, "I've had enough." I just pulled into the front, and um, I went and I turned her car around, so it was pointing down the hill. Yeah, and then I cleared out like in front of her like right in front of the uh, of the the tires so like should have like something to grip onto to get started yeah you know yeah yeah but uh but then wednesday like after it finally stopped because like it like it snowed well into the night yeah like when i went to bed at two in the morning it was still snowing i'm like motherfucker like you know beautiful yeah, it was don't get me right it absolutely was it was like it was like one of those things where i like as it was happening, I'm just like, man, I haven't lived through one of these uh, since 2010. <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> you know. So, like the next day, I had I had like shovel like from the street to the like the front steps and like in like all the way like to like the to the front steps for the for the mailman. Yeah. And then um, in the back, I reshoveled and salted all that, and then I cleared out Nancy's parking spot. Yeah. So, but I mean, luckily, like I was able to do that with relative ease. Yeah. Like it wasn't That's like good. like it wasn't like heavy heavy snow, but it was heavy. If that makes sense. It was a wet snow. Though. It was for sure. But it. But it was light enough that, like, you know, I actually, I mean, I shoveled it. I, I, don't get me wrong. Like, when I was done, I was a sweaty fucking mess just because I'm fat and out of shape. But, um, like, I was able to move it with relative ease. Like, my back, like, I, didn't, I wasn't throwing out my back doing it. Right, right. You know, I've had other snows. Like, Good. Like, I, I remember, like, the 2010 one, like, that shit was heavy. Like, yeah. trying to shovel that shit out was very, really difficult. But there was so much of it. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I mean that was the year. Like they were plowing the roads and not getting to the getting down to the blacktop. Like you were right. actually driving on the snow. Yeah, it was packed so yeah. hard. Yeah, and you couldn't drive through it because there was so much snow that you were just pushing snow. Yeah, you couldn't drive through it unless they plowed something. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, that I mean, that was like a good that was a good eighteen to twenty inches that year. 
Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. Or more. I mean, that was a lot of fucking snow. Yeah. I could just remember, I mean, the snow, it had to be close to two feet. Because, I mean, like, I can remember the snow coming up, up to uh, the hood of my car. Yeah. Because they carved a path by mom's house yeah. going up at McClelland there. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so McClellan was free, but they hadn't, hadn't plowed Beverly yet. Yeah. And I started on Beverly. And I couldn't get I couldn't get through Beverly. Yeah, I could not get her house. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, and I mean? her and her house was only like three houses down from McClellan. Right, I, I yeah. could not plow through it. I, yeah. I just couldn't get through it. So, yeah, I mean that that was the year too. That's four wheel drive. Yeah, you know that I mean? was yeah, that was the year too. We lost power. In like, Elizabeth, you did. Yes. Yeah, in Elizabeth, I did. Yeah, because. <laughs> it was like one of those deals where it was like I'm standing outside watching the snow fall and we're like both standing out there like in pure amazement that like it was like so quiet like you know uh-huh. what I mean? like that, that when you get it's like it's that quiet because there's nothing moving right and the snow is just falling and all of a sudden there was like this blue flash like it was like lightning <laughs> and I just watched the lights going off, heading straight to me. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> and we were without power for like three days, four days. Yeah. And crazy. Because uh, we lost we lost power Friday night. We we lived through it on Sat Saturday. But like it was like it was just reaching a point in the the, the apartment that like you couldn't live there. Like it was getting too cold. Right. You know, and um, Sunday we, we left. We went to my parents' house. Yeah, yeah. That was the that was the, the weekend. That was the year the Saints won the Super Bowl. So I, wa- <laughs> I watched the Super Bowl at my parents' house that year. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. And then, uh, hmm? That's crazy. Yeah. And then the, the next day the power was restored. On Monday, yeah, but still, it was like I emptied the refrigerator, like with like put everything in like gym bags and threw it in the snow to keep cold. I remember it went through that first day, and uh, mom called me on the phone. It was like, you gotta, you know. You gotta get here. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Works. And it's like I need to get to work. <laughs> she was saying to me, yeah, his mom was still working in 2010. Yeah, at the time, yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't think she worked. I think she I, she worked forever. Yeah. And I mean, she was in her 70s. Yeah. When she retired, but she was like. She was like, those nurses need me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I was like, Mom, they're just going to have to deal right now. I mean, it's just, yeah. We're in a storm here. And, and Mount Vernon's Elizabeth. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. like ground zero for a disaster. She's like, no, you don't understand. They've been there for 30 hours. I need to get there. I'm like, okay. I was yeah. like, how do you want to get there? 
And it's like, well, give it a couple more hours and you need to come pick me up and I need to get to work. I need to relieve those nurses. I mean, seriously, you talk yeah. about dedicated. Oh, yeah. Because I'd have been like, nah. <laughs> Um, I don't know what's happening, but I ain't moving. Yeah. You know? So I get in the car and I went and picked her ass up. Shoveled the whole walk, shoveled all that shit all the way down to the car. Because <clears throat> um, she didn't want to drive in it just because of her age. Right. Which I get. I mean, right. You know. Yeah, she didn't get her yes. ass to work, but you were the one taking her. <laughs> yeah, I was the one taking her. I fucking went over there and picked her ass up. I was pissed, too. I was like, I cannot believe you're doing this, Mom. And she was like, I'm responsible. I'm like, okay, you know, I get it, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I I went and picked her up, and fuck. um, The only road to get there was the mountain. Yeah. I mean, I had to go up the bends, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's the only only place that was clear. Yeah. I don't know why that road was clear, but that was the only one that was clear or not close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I, I went up there, struggled a little bit, and uh, I got her there. And, and damn damn if she didn't work a double. Yeah. Um, and then I had to go pick her up. You know, yeah. it was crazy. Oh, yeah. Looking back. um. Looking back on it, I respect it. You know, I respect what she did. Oh, yeah. Her, I mean, her dedication I mean, to her work. Yeah, I get that. But, like, there's still, like, a party that's just, like, man, I would have just. Because that's ex- well, I mean, that is what I did. Like, I, I was just, like, uh, yeah, I'm still snowed in. <laughs> like, I mean, but she was ready. I mean, she was. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think she was even on vacation that week. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, it was nuts. So anyway. Yeah. So let's, let's, just, let's just get to the main event. On, uh, you, know, you mentioned Discovery. We'll, we'll get into that a little later. Let's just get... Let's, just, let's not bury the lead. Let's just get into the, the, the event of the season. <laughs> yeah, right. The season two finale of the Manda fucking Lorian. Oh my god. Oh what a roller coaster of emotion that took me on. Yeah, and it was just good. I, I wish it was a two hour movie. I know. I mean like it felt like a two hour movie blumped into forty some odd minutes. Yeah. Like the how much they jammed into that that forty six minute episode. Was shocking to me. And well, it felt complete. It did. That's the thing. It would, it, it would, it's not like they were just like everything was crammed in and they were just trying to show you stuff and get it done. I mean, it was like, it was a good, it was a solid episode. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't, it didn't feel rushed at all. No. Yeah. And I mean, it didn't even, it wasn't even like, Cause, I mean, they had the whole thing. Like, I mean, they spent a good ten minutes on the whole trying to recruit Bo Katan. Right. The fight between the other the other Mandalorian and and Boba Fett, where you know Boba Fett took a, a fucking tornado DDT and shit. I know. By the way, spoiler I, alert. Huh. I'm sorry. Spoiler yeah. alert on this. We're just gonna spoil the shit out of this show. But 
I mean, like, yeah, like, like, the you know, poor Boba taken. I mean, because that's um, the 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 woman who plays that Mandalorian is is uh um Sasha Banks, who's uh. a WWE professional wrestler. Okay. So it was like, I'm sure that's something that like she was like, yeah, I could do this. Like I, you know, let's let's do this. Put me on a wire, and I'll do a a tornado DDT on Boba Fett. Like, <laughs> <fucking> hey, <laughs> you know. It looked good though. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the fact that they all grouped up like that, and we're just going to going to dodge. You know what I mean? Well, I I liked okay, like you know, when, when you get down to it, like that that scene. And it felt a lot less forced, but it was really well done. Four badass women taking this this troop carrier, this command ship, you know. Yeah. It's kind of lost in the shuffle of all this, but it's really well done, and it felt a whole lot less forced. And then all of a sudden, all the girl superheroes showing up in Endgame to, you know, help Peter Parker. No, like this was like. These four women came out to shoot I, I, shit. Hmm? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, I because I did. Like I, I, I had this moment where I was like, "Is that just four four women? Fucking a right? Yeah, girl power." <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, that I mean that. I mean, that's just. I like well, well, battle. I like his battle with the with the um, dark trooper too. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, that was pretty badass. I I mean, like it was it was a wicked fight. I, I like that fight. The fight with Moth Gideon was really badass. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, like there are a lot of badass moments in this show. Right. But none. Oh. None. <laughs> okay. I couldn't believe it. Okay. What did you think when the single X-Wing showed up? What What were you thinking? I thought, well, I, it's an X-Wing, right? And I, and I thought, probably Jedi. You know what I mean? Some kind of Jedi's coming. Um, at first, I thought it was just like backups. And then, and then when she said that, I was like, nah, it's not going to be backups. It's just one person. It's going to be a Jedi. Then I saw the Jedi and I was like, it's almost like my mind was sort of like, I don't want to believe it. You know, it can't yeah. be. Um, I thought maybe it was someone from the, from the series, uh, you know, from the cartoons that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then I saw the black, and I was like, I fucking can't believe it. I'm getting chills talking about. It. I was like, I can't believe it's him. I, I, I like, I think I refuse to believe it the whole time because they kept it very masked. I mean, like, yeah, all you saw was the Jedi taking taking down some fucking, yeah. I mean, some really good saber battle. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that was some that was some epic saber shit that was going on with those robots. <laughs> Seriously. Force use, force user. I mean, what I found interesting the most was the crush move. Um, yeah, that's straight Vader right there. Yeah, and you know what I mean. Like that is that's fucking Vader. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh but i respected the whole thing and then when it when it when it was him i was like fucking hands down when i saw the saber come out to the side like that yeah and first of all it was green and i was like it's a green saber i cannot believe it's him but if it could be you know what i mean and then and then it just happened and i was like oh my goodness it was unbelievable <laughs> i went back and watched it again yeah i went back and watched the saber part again yeah from remember the x-wing came up and the suspense they put into this was incredible and they knew what they were doing because you heard the beeping of the elevator yeah that was key i mean oh, that yeah. beeping of the elevator waiting for it to open yeah you know what i mean i was like damn son that's some good shit <laughs> so good when anyway, the low that's my t- when the low next wing showed up i thought it was the old guy like we had seen him like a couple like in a couple of episodes yeah that one x-wing fighter pilot i thought what the fuck is this dude gonna do and i'm thinking well maybe he's got you know other x-wings coming behind him but like when it docked i'm like the fuck like i'm I, I, I honestly i'm like like i was like thinking like what the fuck is going on like what's one x-wing fighter pilot gonna do in this situation and then you, the, the, then i saw him and i'm like was that fucking red one was that I, I, I'm t- I'm screaming this at the TV? Was that fucking red one? Was that fucking red one? And then when like <laughs> I got the confirmation, like because like you see the black cloak and everything, and I'm like, oh my god, he's so badass. But when like I'm like, it's gotta be it's gotta be Luke. It's gotta be red one. It's gotta be Luke. It's gotta be fucking Luke. And then when Man. I saw the green blade, but more importantly, oh. the black How cloak hand. Yeah, yeah. The black and like even like the saber. I'm like I'm, I'm looking at the saber. I'm like it's the it, it's fucking Luke. It's fucking Luke. Holy shit! It's like, I'm screaming this at the team. I'm like holy shit! It's fucking Luke. Yeah, I went nuts. <laughs> like the cat's looking at me like I'm fucking insane as I'm jumping around my living room. I'm like it's fucking Luke. It's motherfucking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I do. I know. Like when that when when. <laughs> And like I love the comparison. I saw it like that moment, like where he's got like got the blade, like you get the 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 you know the hood over his head with the you know, the green lightsaber, like you know to his side, and it, like they did a like a comparison, like him and Vader. It was like like father like son. It was like Vader from Rogue One. I'm like, shit, yes. This was better than Rogue One. Oh yeah, and then like on top of it all, like. When the, he opened the fucking doors and he took off the hood, I, I mean, I don't care if it was a deep fake or not. I was still like, it's my boy. My motherfucking yeah, I mean, boy right good. there. Yeah. Yeah, it looked. I and didn't he really still, have. Like, he, was, like, he was still in the black, too, which I fucking loved. Like, I was like, that is so badass. <laughs> I still know, in dude. the black. He wasn't wearing Jedi robes. He was still black Luke. I was like, you know, yeah. black suited Luke. Like, Yes. You know, yeah. and when Art 2 showed up, I started rolling a tear. Yeah, badass, dude. I mean, everything about that was good. I liked oh. the conversation between him and Mando, the whole touching of the face thing. Oh, oh. When, okay, when, when Mando takes off the helmet, I was done. I was a puddle of fucking mud. <laughs> I was big, fat tears rolling down my face. 
All right, like, all right. You know, like I was just like, like sniffling, like oh, this is so beautiful. Holding on to his, holding on to his leg. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, but like when when Mando takes off the helmet and he, and you know Groku gets to touch his face and like they shared that moment. It was just like, fuck. Like yeah. I I was just like this emotional like puddle at that point because it was like so such, is he. right but it was such a beautiful moment like yeah. i can't believe they pulled that off the right. way that they did like i can't believe like <laughs> and like and like he took the helmet like just the fact that he took the helmet off for groku right like that was like, we talked about it last week like he like you know his morals and his ethics and everything else that he's kind of throwing out the window to save the kid. But that moment where he takes off the helmet is love. Right. You know, and it was like, Oh, Oh, I know dude. It was unreal. Like I, I can't like, I thought the whole episode was good. I mean, and it I, shows, like, it's amazing. Like, it shows, uh, unfortunately, and I hate to say this. I, right. I really do. As much as I enjoy the sequel trilogy, for yeah. the most part, it, there has been more character development of the Mandalorian from episode one to episode 16 right. than you got in three movies with Rey. With right. any character in that, in that trilogy, in all honesty. Right, right, right. You know, and I hate to say that, but I mean, like, and you can say like, well, you know, it's been 16 episodes. They can do a little bit more, but that doesn't matter. Like it, the, the character is so much more well-developed. Right. To the point that you have this emotional connection between him and the child. that started all the way back on episode one, when he shoots the, the IG droid and puts his finger out. Right. You know, like, I mean, holy shit. You know, it, right, right. It, it's an extraordinarily well done story, like piece of storytelling. Ah. Uh, just unbelievable. That saber shit that went on. <clears throat> that's what I wanted from the last movie. Yeah. And that's what should have happened. In my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I've said this before and I'll say it again. Luke should have never went out like that. Ever. I well, mean, I, mean, we, I understand that. I, I understand why. I mean, right. I get it. But Skywalker, to me, I don't know. That's what, I mean, it was almost like, I don't know, justification or something. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, this is the Skywalker that I want to see. Right. Yeah, you I want to see... This Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see Luke at his prime. Like, right. You're right. Like, I mean, and that's the thing that we're kind of being ripped off of is the 30-year gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. We're, we're ripped off of Luke Skywalker in his prime. Correct. You know, it's sad, it, but it's it true. Is. Like, unless they're going to do something in an animated form, for the most part, like... I mean, the deep fake was well done enough that 
for one scene or, or two scenes, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. But you can't do the deep fake for like a, a movie trilogy. No, you can't. You know, so like if you want to do something in an animated form, we get to explore badass Luke Skywalker. You know, I'm, all, I, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah. Mark Campbell can do the voice. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was such an amazing episode. Uh, it was, it's just so. It was just so good. I yeah. mean, I think I got more emotion out of that than I did any of the newest movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, I agree with you. I can't of, argue that. Off Grogu. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? And the Mandalorian. Yeah. I mean, that relationship is just... <clears throat> um, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> that stuff between Han Solo and Ben was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I mean, you know, there are certain moments in those, in those movies that were good. But I never got that from Ray. No, I got it from Ben Solo. Yeah, but I didn't get it from Ray. I didn't. I didn't feel. Thinking back on those movies, the most emotional part I ever really got out of Ray. Not saying she was bad. I mean, she was good at what she did. I mean, was when Chewbacca died. Well, they thought Chewbacca died. Yeah, I mean that's the most emotional I can ever remember her being in the film. That touched me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like, I mean, the first two movies, like, I I like the first movie a lot. I love I love the second movie, but like, I yeah, I have I I can't deny the fact that like, the character of Ray over a three three movie series just wasn't that interesting. It really wasn't. There's some really good moments with her. I'm not gonna yeah. lie about that. Right. Uh, probably the best moment I one of the best moments I saw from her. Uh, was slicing the X-wing in half, or the um, Tie Fighter. The tie, yeah. I mean, that was amazing. Yeah, that was amazing cinematography right there, boy. Yeah. I mean, that was good ass shit. That's that's Jedi material. I mean, right. like, that's what I expect. You know what I mean? Like that that was really good stuff. But yeah, she picked up some rocks. Yeah, seen it, done it. You know what I mean? Like going through yeah. the Jedi training. Yeah, seen it, done it. You know, it's just right. Um, the moment when all the, uh, 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 ghosts talked to her, that was good. Um, but tragically, uh, you know, as far as the movies go, especially in that third, uh, my interest lied with a, believe it or not, with Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like so into his storyline and character that he was just a better written character. He was. I mean, he he was. He was so well written. Like going back um, to the first movie. The start of the movie. Yeah. To the end. I mean, yeah. it was all about Solo. You know. Like, and the problem becomes like if you look at Ray's character in the first movie, it's not really about her. It's about Han. Mm-hmm. In the second movie, it's not about her. It's about Luke. So now when you get to the third movie, when it's supposed to be about her. Right. She it, becomes it the becomes, least interesting yeah. character because she's been the, you know, she she's been in the shadow of. Right. 
And when it got to her parent, you know, what her parents were, I didn't even care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, well, well, well. Just another, you know, footnote. I yeah. mean, I didn't even care. <clears throat> I mean, I liked the actress. And I thought yeah. that she did well at what she did. Right. But I just felt that I was more, I mean, you know, it's a shame. I was really into, I was really into the redemption of Ben than yeah. I was of any of her bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. No, I get that. Because he, he was a more interesting character. He was. For sure. I mean, he had, he, I mean, first off, I mean, you know, the actor was phenomenal. Yeah. He was given much more to work with, you know, struggling with his heritage. You know, I mean, struggling with, you know, being Han Solo's son and, you know, Princess Leia's son and the grand the grandson of Darth Vader and, you know, right. my, my uncle's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, I mean, the kid, yeah. you know, the kid has a lot laid on his shoulders. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and but like he, he he played he played that well, like you understood his descent to the dark side. It made sense. But then his redemption made sense too it did make sense and i think that's why i was so pissed off because i've been talking a, a lot about that especially at work um about what made me the most angry uh, or what didn't i like or what did i like about the newest series of films and you know thinking on it you know there was a couple things that really like irritated me but I think the the most irritating to me was um, probably the fight between the knights and yeah. him. I mean, it was just so it was so not well done. Do you know what I mean? Well, like and I know we talked over and over of this, but I mean, it was just there was so much hype, you know, knights around, knights around, you know what I mean, all this stuff. And then when it got to it, it was like, you know, it was like a bar fight. Yeah. You know, until he got a lightsaber, it was like a fucking bar fight. One guy had a mace. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, well, like, come on. I, I, I always thought, and, th- 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 and this was like my, my problem, like the way it, it's made to look in the first movie. And, and again, this is the problem with how they did this. As much as I love The Last Jedi, I've always said it's a square peg being jammed into a round hole. Because... In the first movie, when you see the Knights of Ren, I'm really thinking to myself, they're all Force users. Right. Like, the destruction of the of, of the Jedi school wasn't just Kylo. It was Kylo and friends. Yes, that's what I thought. You know, and here's Kylo Ren and his buddies, the Knights of Ren, the, these, these dark Force users, not Sith, right. you know, but, you know, the Knights of Ren and, and they're wreaking havoc as dark force users. And I thought, Oh, that's badass!" Like, and then right. they're, no, they're, they're nowhere to be found in the second movie. And when you get to the third movie, they're standing around like the world's like worst grunge band, like, you know, oh. posing on, on mountaintops and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? There was, but what I'm saying is there were, and it shouldn't have been this way. But the battle was actually better with the Imperial Guard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. That, 
Yeah. With those guys, so much better than than the fight be, you know, the you know, the buildup of all this time with the Knights of Ren. Yeah. I thought the Knights of Ren, that was some weak ass sauce, man. Yeah. I was like, I was so disappointed in the fact I was like, where are the sabers at? I'm like, what's yeah. going on here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I because in my mind, the whole time, I thought they were force users. Yeah. Why does dude have a mace? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why does he have a hammer in his hand? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is going on here? They should have yeah. sabers. I mean, they are the Knights of Ren. I mean, I, mean, I expected this conglomerate of these people that were force users ready to go to battle. And they come out like, you know. They were just rejects from a Gwar concert. You're right. Exactly. And and it's just, it was so disappointing. Even with the battle with the Imperial, they were not force users. But dude, the dude with the whip and shit, I mean, that shit was badass. Yeah. Bad fucking ass. Those guys were meant, you felt the threat. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, you felt it. I mean, like, when that went down, you felt what was going on. Yeah. Right? With these guys, I'm like, oh, my God. What is this, a gang? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the fuck's going on here? Ah. Anyway. But Luke looked badass. It was almost redemption for Skywalker. <laughs> you know yeah. I, mean? I get that. Like, I mean, yeah. and it, I mean, it looks so good. Plus, I mean, like, there's so many questions left open about, like, the Darksaber. Um, oh, my God. He has it now. Yeah. And he has to be defeated to give it up. Yeah. Which, like, I thought that, was, like... Is that, is that in line with the story like, of the Darksaber? Like, yes and no. Okay. Like, it's one of those things where, like... You know, it, it, it's it's Mandalorian lore about the dark saber, yeah. but like at one point, Sabine has the dark saber in the Rebels cartoon, and Bo Katan is her aunt. Okay. And so like, they have this this, this whole thing with like this battle of Mandalore against the um the Night's Watch, and at the end of it. Sabine gives the dark saber to Bo-Katan. Okay. And says, "You I, I I shouldn't lead Mandalore, you should." Right. And that's that. There there's no fight. It's, you know, "Hey Aunt Bo, here you go." You know, and that's that that was that. So like this whole thing of like she has to beat you for the dark saber, I don't know where that came from. Because that's not how Bo-Katan initially got the dark saber. Right. You know. But it adds to the storyline, I guess. It adds to I the storyline. I loved when he handed it. He was like, here you go. Here you can have it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But it was so good. I mean, yeah. it was like, and I know it seems small, but it, it was it was very honest. It's huge, you know? though. Yeah. He did not want it. He doesn't want it. No. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was like, here you go, man. Take it. You yeah. know, it's, I don't want this power, but. It's really good because it tells his story, right? Yeah. Because he doesn't want the power. Right. He just wants to live his life, you know? Well, I think so he's I, also he's also somebody who's a, who is in conflict. 
right. at this point because right. he's learning that the stuff that he was taught isn't true Mandalore. Right. You know, and I, I think like the, the conversation with, with Mayfeld in the, the transport about, you know, bending your, your morals and stuff like that. I think he's kind of, and I mean, the fact, you know, it's not just the fact that he took off his helmet for, for Groku. He took it off in front of all those people. You know what right. I mean? Like, and so it's, that's one of those things where it's like, and like, he wasn't in any rush to put the helmet back on at the end. No, he wasn't. No. And I, I think we're going to reach a point where he, like his character moves away from what he was taught to more in line of what like the Mandalorians of that I know. <laughs> right, right, right. You know. We'll see. And then speaking of Boba Fett. Oh. <laughs> that stinger at the end, man. That was good. Like I I'm like when when it when it came that because like everybody like I saw online like it wasn't spoiled but I was like you have to watch there's a stinger there's a stinger after the credits I'm like and I was gonna watch anyway because you know last season that there was the stinger with the dark saber right so like when it opens up on like the twin sons of Tatooine I'm like what the fuck and it, when the camera pans to Jabba's palace I'm like that's fucking Jabba's palace. Exactly, that's what I said, and I was like, "Well, he has siblings." I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, when it was, you know, good old Bib Fortuna there. Yeah, fucking Bib Fortuna, like the worst toy. Yeah. Bib Fortuna is sitting and no. fat. Yeah, fat. He's and then behind fat, him, dude. who who was behind him? Queequay. Yeah, Queequay, dude. Yeah, your boy Queequay was behind him. I acted as this bitch. Like, yeah. Holy hell. Yeah. But like Bob, Boba taking that throne, I was like, hmm. You know? I don't. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's interesting to say the least. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, what's interesting is like, what does Boba want with that? Yeah, I know, I, I don't know either. Like, and that's that's the conflict, right? Because Boba came across <clears throat> as this, I don't know, almost a mystic. You know what I mean? Like some kind of mystic. I don't even know what to like monk or something. He just came out. You know what I mean? Like he, it didn't seem like he was this. And all of a sudden he's taking the well, throne of Jabba the Hutt. You know, he, it's just, he, I mean, he was like, go there. he was like, the, you know, I always think of him as he was a gun for hire, mm. you know? And then, you know, when you get into like, you know, what little you saw of Django Fett, it seemed to reinforce, like, and, and even during the Mandalorian, you know, it's like, I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy. Right, right. right. You know, like, there's nothing about the character that says, I'm going to be a crime lord, but I'm interested to see what he does 
as a crime lord. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, and with what's her name by his side. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. I mean, maybe that's his retirement plan. I, I don't fucking know. I don't know either, but like it, it, it intrigues me because like I, I, I want to see where that goes. Like, does Boba Fett have a list like of people that like, okay, next is Skywalker. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like you know, yeah. I need to Lando track down Solo. Like, I also wonder sure. like, is there going to be like a? I need to find Juan Solo. I need to track him down because he's the one who put me in that fucking pit. Right. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's a lot of, like, interesting, like, you know, and it, it, the best way to track down Han Solo would be to uh, become this crime lord. All right. So. I overall. I, I think. I think it was a good way to introduce a Boba Fett series. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, for a long time, everybody was talking, they're going to do a Boba Fett series, and da-da-da-da. I was like, and and we were all like, well, well some of us were like, well, we don't even know anything about Boba Fett. I mean, like, who is Boba Fett? Really? And right. how can you make a series out of Boba Fett? Uh, and I thought it was like a push I thought it was a push to create a Boba Fett series because that's what the fans wanted. But at the same point, I'm kind of like, I love Boba Fett. I mean, I do. I, I like the character. I like the background. I like the cloning. I like everything about him. But is he strong enough to support a series? You know what I mean? Like, can can you get a Boba Fett series out of this guy? I mean, you know what I mean? And I think with The Mandalorian... In the past couple episodes, it's kind of built up to that. You know, it's kind of like it kind of built into a, a hey, I kind of want a little bit. I want to know a little bit more about Boba Fett, you know, versus before was all we knew of Boba Fett. Seriously, was Carbonite Slave One, you know, the yeah. nod in Jabba's palace. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the, you know, the rope wrap around Han falling into the Sarlacc pit. That's really it. I mean, we, he, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's not much else we know of Boba Fett. I mean, from, from the, from the, from the series, from the movies. Yeah. Um, so this gave us a little bit more. So I, you know, it, it'll probably be pretty good. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? No, I, I do. Like I, I, I'm, I'm in the point. Where I'm at the point, whatever they put out is good. So, I, I trust I, I trust John Favreau and Dave Filoni. You know, I I feel like these these guys are are the guys behind the scenes pulling this. I I mean, I mean clearly with the Mandalorian, I mean it's 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 clearly Favreau and and Filoni, and I I feel like they are smart enough at Lucasfilm to say. Um, we need to continue with these guys. Yeah, but they're not doing the Obi-Wan series. No, they are. Are they? Are you yes. sure? 
I'm positive. You that, it up. That, 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 I, didn't any, I didn't see any credits on their. <clears throat> when I looked up producers. They announced that Hayden Christensen Church. was going to be in it. Huh? They announced last week that Hayden Christensen was going to be in it. Yeah, I know that. But I, when, I, when I went on IMDb to look up the Kenobi series, uh-huh. they're not mentioned anywhere in the thing. I'm, I'm not quite sure why, but I mean, I mean, Disney announced it at the investors meeting last week. I mean, they're, they're going ahead of production. It's going to be an eight episode one shot series. And they, they confirmed that Hayden Christensen was re- reprising the role of Darth Vader. Right. I get that. I'm so, talking about Favreau and Filoni. Well, I don't know what their their complete involvement is with that, but like, I I feel like okay. I, I, I guess I can look at it this way. With with Marvel, okay, they have Kevin Feige overseeing everything, but like. For the longest time, it was kind of like Joss Wheaton was the godfather of the Marvel movies. And when he stepped away, it was the Russo brothers. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's who Favreau and Filoni are going to be. Okay. I hope. Partic- well, particularly Dave Filoni. Like, I mean, again, like I, the, the thing is... You know, Dave Filoni studied at the at the feet of the master. George right. was the one that you know pulled him in, made him the showrunner for for the Clone Wars, put him in charge of all of that, and you know Dave Filoni freely admits, like you know he studied at the master's feet. Right. You know, and everything that he knows about Star Wars, he learned from George Lucas. Right. You know, and so like, and I, I hate to say this, I, I honestly do, but I feel like the reason the Mandalorian is so successful is not just because of John Favreau, because I think John, John Favreau is a visionary writer and director, and I, I definitely think that he he understood the feel of what a Star Wars show should be, but I think Dave Filoni has a huge influence in all of that as well, and. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's the guy who needs to be the guy. Right. Because, <clears throat> one, he knows his shit. But, two, I think more than anything, Star Wars fans 100% trust him with the product. Right. He's never put out a stinker. Right. Cl- you know, Star Wars fans will tell you the Clone Wars is the best thing to come from the prequel era. Rebels is an amazing show. That and those were the two shows that he he was the showrunner on. That, that those right. were his babies. And now moving to live action with the Mandalorian, you could see his fingerprints all over it. Right. You know. So yes, I I, I well I don't think he's going to be di- like showrunning Kenobi. I'm fairly certain you know he's going to have an involvement even from a distance okay and you know with the other shows like with ahsoka you i mean with ahsoka that's going to be his 100 percent. that you know right. ahsoka is his character that it's it, you know he's going to make sure that, that character is done right 
And I think it showed in the Ahsoka episode. Yeah. And with the other shows, like with the, you know, Troopers of the Republic or whatever that other one's called, I, I, I mean, I could see that being a, a felony project. You know, I, I guess this is a guy who, who is going to be the, the, the Star Wars guru going forward. He's going to be the guy that in 20, 30 years, we're going to be like, thank you, Dave Filoni, for saving Star Wars. Mm. I hear you. And I'm, I'm willing to bet he's going to be working hand-in-hand with Patty Jenkins on that Rogue Squadron movie. Oh, man. You know, so. And this also might be the reason why, like, you know, as much as I want to see Ryan Johnson's trilogy, I want to bet Dave Filoni's the reason why you haven't heard anything about that going forward. I am sure. Because I, I got a feeling secretly like he's the guy that they're tapping and they're saying everything has to go through him. And I'm sure Ryan Johnson's right. probably like, uh, I have my ideas and they don't mesh with his. So I'm willing to bet at some point we're probably going to hear that that Ryan Johnson trilogy is going to be put put on the shitter. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So... Be right back. All right, then. So let's jump real quick. Um, in the Discovery, <laughs> you, said, you said you liked the episode? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I liked it, too. Um, I liked a couple of little tie-ins. I mean, I mean clearly the biggest one was the, uh, the Guardian of Forever. You know, harkening back to the uh, the original series episode. Yeah. Um. I also liked that you know he he talked about like uh you know I went into hiding during the temporal wars, which is like again like this interesting like tidbit about like that I want to learn more about. Like these temporal wars sound very interesting. Like in. Unfortunately, like I'm, I'm watching Star Trek Enterprise, which was like the genesis of the temporal wars, and yeah, it just doesn't cover enough. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but I, I've, I've like, I like that like aspect. Like those, those are like like two little nuggets. It's like, well, I'm not in the same place I'm supposed to be because, well, you know, I went into hiding because people wanted to use me for the wrong reasons. Like, okay, but I also liked that like the like Giorgio had to be weighed like. What the fuck do we do with you? Right. You know, and I, I, I liked that. And I liked that it showed the, the progress her character actually has made. Right, right. You know, I liked at the end, like she was like, you know, I still failed. He's like, but you tried. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was good. Yeah. yeah. It's a good episode. It was, it was a very good episode. I, I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I, I'm at a point where I'm like, I, I get it. Like the the big bad is the the burn itself, right? You know, and it's like, you know, I, I, I so like we're not gonna find out what actually happened until the end, but <laughs> you know, still it's it's like this 
it is very weird. Like I, I guess like it's just you know Pavlovian. You're you're just you're expecting there to be a sinister presence, and there really may not be a sinister presence. But you know, still, it's 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 it, it was. I mean, it's been a good season. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I like Georgia's character. Yeah. You know, you know I, um, I've liked her since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's kind of phasing out of that character. You know. Well, I, I think I mean she's gonna be back. I think they're they're gonna do that section thirty one show, and I think they want her to be a part of it. Right. So it's just a matter of where did she land in time? Right. You know. I I like the flashback of this episode too. I I thought it was I don't know. I, I thought it was good. You know. Yeah. I like I like seeing for some reason I like seeing the characters in those different positions. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the the mirror universe is always fun to play with when it's done right. Right. And I mean, they they, right. they really did it right that first season. Right. And um, so to, to kind of go back to it and to relive those events a little bit and knowing what you know, but to see Georgia try to change that because she's a right. different person than she was at that time is very interesting to me. Yeah, and I and I also appreciated the. Uh, um the uh relationship between her and Saru. Yeah. In that time period. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, again, I mean that, that was a change in her. Right. But like yeah, I mean there, there was a lot that was really interesting about everything that went went on and like I, I just I, I thought it was just a well done episode. Yeah, me too. You know. The the, the other big thing I watched, um, I don't know if you caught it or not, was episode one of the stand. Did not see it yet. Okay. Any good? Um Yeah. I mean it's it's interesting this how they're doing the storytelling. Okay. Because it, it is jumping around in time a little bit. Um. So like it it opens, you know, when they've already gotten the to Boulder. Okay. But then it goes back to the start of the plague, which eerily felt real life <laughs> you know i mean i was like uh i don't like the feel of this at all right right <laughs> you know um but like i i, I mean, it's been I, I haven't read that book in 30 years i read it once like in like in the early 90s okay and you know i haven't watched the mini series since it originally aired. 
So okay. like, yeah, I it, it it is it's really like I remember certain things about about it, but like overall, I'm almost watching it very open minded, not really knowing what's gonna happen. Like there are certain things you kind of like, oh okay, yeah, I remember that, and I remember this, and uh, oh okay, yeah, this character is fucking nuts, you know. Like shit yeah. like that comes back to you, but for the most part, it's like I am watching it very, I, I guess in a way, fresh. Okay. Because I because I haven't you know been exposed to the material in in three decades, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, I I mean I enjoyed the first episode. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how this is going to progress. I mean I I know the ending because I remember the ending. Right. But I'm intrigued to see how the material gets treated, I guess. And okay. I enjoy I enjoyed the first episode enough that, you know, I'm gonna watch the second. All right. I'll check it out. <clears throat> yeah. I mean it's I mean, it's it's worth it just because it's I, I think it's 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 good. I mean, I, I was entertained by it. like I wasn't like flabbergasted by it. There is a right. great moment with um J.K. Simmons. Uh, yeah, yeah. He shows up for a scene and you know, in typical J.K. Simmons fashion, just knocks that shit out of the park. Of course, of course. But um, I mean, if you haven't watched it yet, if you're somebody who's like, no, nah, no, nah, you know, um, I highly recommend it. Um, I am intrigued to see what Stephen King fans think of it. Because mm-hmm. I'm old. Because I mean, they're they're so critical of like how his stuff is done in media. You know. Right, right, right. Um, and rightfully so in a lot of occasions because it gets fucked up. Um, <laughs> a lot. In all honesty, like you know. Uh, so like, I'm intrigued to see like what like I mean I know Stork and uh, Peacock are both big Stephen King fans. You know, uh, Mongoose is a big Stephen King fan. I yeah. don't know how long it takes stuff on CBS All Access to make its way to Ireland. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but it's, 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 it was definitely worth a watch. And I'm intrigued to see where this all goes. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we said we did Bertonial Mailbag. All right, son. What, I don't want to get into it, but real quick, our boy, friend of the show, show crush, if you will, Chris Pine, <laughs> is going to be in the in a Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he he has been signed to, uh, I guess, be the lead in that. That that that's gotta excite you. It does. I, I just hope it doesn't turn into a, uh, a debacle of epic proportions. <laughs> like yes, and I uh, hope it doesn't turn into a Matty Damon role, and you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so this well, I feel like Matty Damon. I just, you know, what was yeah. that movie called? Uh, oh my God. It was like in China. Oh, the Great Wall. Yeah, I just yeah, that hope was it doesn't a fucking turn into turn and a half. It was, but I hope it doesn't turn into that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let me let me let me do let me do the gimmick. Me heel big. Burp, burp. And as always, we start with a good friend, Superfan Thad. Okay. Thad writes in, hello, my two favorite hosts with huge Yuletide logs. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you now, I left a huge Yuletide log in the toilet. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. Yuck indeed. Um. Do you know where I can get some soundproof insulation, chloroform, and a shovel? Wow. I'm asking for my sounds friends. Sounds like a snuff film. Yeah, yeah this, this sounds like the beginning of a bad snuff film. Yeah. Um, Short resin? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Speaking of Trent Reznor, did you see? Did you watch the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions? I did. I did. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's one of those deals where like, I get why Nine Inch Nails was inducted. But I don't know if they deserve it. Okay. Like, to me, their first album, I think it was called Head Like a Hole, I can't remember. And then, mm-hmm. like, Downward Spiral. Those are two amazing albums. I, I can't deny that for a second. But after Downward Spiral, like, I can think of one song I liked by Nine Inch Nails. Okay. You know, like, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't feel like their greatness is carried. And I get, like, I mean, even, like, like, Trent Reznor as a musician has done amazing things, like doing soundtracks and stuff. But... Right. I'm just not sure Nine Inch Nails as a band deserves to be in there. Okay. It's fair. Yeah. I'm not a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, so I, yeah. it's hard for me to comment on something that... <clears throat> um, nah, I just... <laughs> it's Ahsoka saying hello. Yeah. Um, I'm almost done, baby girl. I'll pet you. I promise. Um, then the other side of that was, you know, uh, the Pesh mode getting in. I think that's deserved. Oh yeah, it's well deserved. Like I, I, I guess twenty years too late. Yeah. You know, they should have been in twenty years. I ago agree. You know, but um, it's well deserved. And. Like, I think it's deserved, and I'm not a closet, like, you know, Depeche Mode, hardcore fan. Right. Um, I love Depeche Mode, but I'm not, like, Depeche Mode fans are a lot, like, true fans, because I, I don't consider myself a true fan. But they're sort of, like, they're on that Bruce Springsteen level. Yeah. Um. You understand what I'm saying? Like, there's there's some fans of Bruce Springsteen that are like they got bootlegs and they got <laughs> they're oh, yeah. huge hardcore Springsteen fans. Um, but I think there's a lot of people like that for Depeche Mode as well. Um, I do like Depeche Mode, but you know, not at that level. But I I I, I really think they deserve to get in. And I, I think the, the difference too is 
like they were still making like really good music well into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, I think that they're a band that like has gone through so much. Like, you know, their early stuff was all electronic, and so some of it has some darker tones to it. It was um, it was still very poppy. Yeah. And then you get to like get to music the, for the masses, violator, violator, um, songs of faith and devotion. Yeah. And they, it takes a much darker turn because like Dave Cahan was into heroin and shit. I mean, you know, it was, yeah. Yeah. And he was, that's what he was writing. He was running from a very dark place, and the music reflects that. Like, you you listen to some of that stuff, and right. you're just like, oh, shit. You know? And then, like, the albums after that, when he comes out of his addiction, they're lighter, but still dark. You know, it's... It, 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 right, right. It, it, they're a very interesting band, and, like, I thought that, like... Unlike Nine Inch Nails, I feel like their greatness is carried through the decades. Right, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, I agree. And he, well, the other, yeah, and the, the other one I saw, you know, Notorious B.I.J. Yeah. And it's like, I know I just said like Nine Inch Nails doesn't deserve it because they, you know, they only had like two really great albums, but Biggie was cut short. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you listen to that first. It's like interesting. Like, you listen to his first album. I mean, that's N.W.A. level. Talking about the life on the streets, you know. Yeah. And you get to the second album, and he's like, "Well, I got money, I got everything I want in life. I can't write about that shit anymore." And that second album is completely different. Right, right. You know, it's much more about like living the high life, and like you're like, "Holy shit, okay." You go on, yeah. Biggie. But talking about a smooth operator. Yeah, he, he just had that voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did. And yeah. you know, there's there's certain people in that world that have that voice, like uh Chuck D. Um Dre, Snoop, um, even you know, as weird as it sounds, easy. Yeah. Uh Ice Cube. Um I mean, with him, it, it, you just knew it. You know, you just listened. You know, like he had some he, his. How do I explain? His his artistry was good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it was definitive. I mean, it, it told a story when you listen to his music. And the thing I often wonder, and it, it's like the Buddy Holly question. Yeah. Like if if him and Tupac had not been gunned down, right? Where would rap and hip hop be today? How different? Yeah, would I don't know. Be? Yeah, agreed. Um, as far as for myself, as far as listening to rap and stuff like that, I always preferred Biggie over Tupac. Right. I, I mean, you know I, I mean. I, I, 
I love like, them for both. Me. Like I mean, I enjoyed Remember. both of their music. Uh, you know, and I, they're, they're they're different. They're they're different styles, but like these were two guys who were absolute forces in the in the rap industry in the game. Sure. And yeah. like, you just have to wonder like, what would their influence be have been going forward? Right. So like rap is completely different now than it was back then. You know, it's it's a completely different genre. It's yeah, I, you know, it's a weird it's a weird thing like how it's evolved, and you wonder what that evolution would have been like had they survived. Right. Yeah. You'll never know. Right. Like I said, it's the same thing. It's the Buddy Holly question. Like you know, you know. The question is always if Buddy Holly had lived, would the Beatles be a thing? Because a lot of what the right. what Buddy Holly was trying to do, the Beatles did later on. Right, right. So let's continue on with uh, as email. All right. So the other day at work, we had an electrical storm where the lights went out. I screamed, oh, my God, I can't see. My blind co-worker yelled, me neither. We both laughed, and I peed. Okay. I love Bukaki movies. Wow. Who does? Well, this is a shock. This is a shock. No, we're not going to go into all that. No, we're not going to go into all that. Sean, will you and Sean, Ian Hunt know? I, I will tell you now I, that I will we will not see each other for the holidays, probably out of her COVID quarantine. No, not going to get no, on that. that. Or that. All right, time to go. Platypus and I are playing Planet Coaster today. I am making a part making called Crosswood. It's dedicated to Marion Ross. You get to ride her all day. The attraction is the Marion Ross paint job. Shaking my head. Yeah, whatever. Anything like that to the proceedings there, sir? No, son, I'm good. All right, well, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Hey. Like I said, email, like the fad does each and every fucking week. That email address is pittsburghnerd.yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. And lastly, we are a member of a number of podcast networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network. The Weeby Geeks Network, Geeks Network and the Podbreed Network. Network. Just give cool. a Google search Google and you'll find search, all the great podcasts, the podcasts that, that they have to offer. They have to offer. Sweet. And lastly, as always, and we want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. Can't thank you enough for that. Appreciate your support. And so then on that note, and so then on that note, the dreamer, the dreamer has awakened. Has awakened. Peace. Ah, sh- ah, sh-